Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, to the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant, and we are emanating from within the borders of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us again daily as we build the bridge to conversation. My guest in the last segment was my good buddy, Jonathan T. Gilliam, Navy SEAL, and of course, special agent, FBI special agent, author of the book, Sheep No More. He was on with me. And hey, just want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us uh, daily 12.05 in the East until 2 p.m. every day. And if you don't get both hours of of the show, be sure to download free the CL Bryant Show app onto your favorite device and listen to us wherever you go. Uh, friends, uh, we've got a lot to talk about here in this second half of the show, um, and I, I want to open. Uh, or, or, or continue the thread, rather, that we have been on with today's show uh, now as we progress toward the home stretch of today's show. I, I want this theme to be on your mind and, and, and just think about it. Just think about it, friends, as to why it is they want you to believe that these crazy and evil people who have been doing the shooting are, in fact, somehow white conservatives who <laughs> want to kill people of color. When none of that's true, Re I, I encourage you, as Jonathan Gilliam uh, encouraged us to do, read the manifesto of the so-called uh, of, of the um, the shooter uh, there in Texas. Read his in El Paso. Read his manifesto. His beef is that uh, we all can't really have uh, free stuff. If we don't get rid of some of these folks who are coming in, you see, you see, his his goal was not necessarily to be uh, a skinhead, so to speak. His goal was to make more room so that people can who are Americans can have more free stuff that Ocasio-Cortez Tlaib. Presley and Omar want you to have. 
That, that's really his beef. His beef is that there may not be enough to go around, free stuff to go around for everyone if we keep letting people into the country. Sounds more like a progressive liberal attack on American and American citizens than it was a skinhead or white supremacist attack. And, and, and but so so don't you believe it when you hear the left idiots and, 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 and clowns like Beto O'Rourke saying that it's the rhetoric of Trump. That is causing this. No, it's the rhetoric that the progressive liberals have ginned up in the minds of these young people uh, who believe that if they we continue to allow folks into the country, that they won't be able to get their free stuff. So 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 pay close attention to what's going on and please don't buy into these ideals that. Um, somehow tragedies in Dayton and El Paso are caused by people of conservative slants. No, that, that guy out in Gilroy, California, finding out now that he was actually a, a leftist supporter. Oh, he, yeah, he's a leftist supporter. But you'll never hear that on social media. So as I uh, Facebooked out yesterday, uh, C.L. Bryant on Facebook, uh, C.L. Bryant uh, on Facebook, Americans, before we get all ginned up, racially ginned up over and in regard to the El Paso tragedy and now the Dayton tragedy and before that the Gilroy tragedy, don't allow yourself for one minute to believe that Evil and crazy has a color. Now, I referenced uh, John Muhammad. Do all of you remember, old enough to remember the D.C. sniper? Huh? I got to tell you, I was shocked when I found out that that D.C. sniper was a black man. Who was using uh, John Lee, uh, uh, Mal- John Malvo, rather, uh, as his pawn to help him? A little, uh, he was a protege of the D.C. sniper, who was not only black, but also Muslim. Black and Muslim. There's no white supremacy there whatsoever. What is common between him and these shooters that we have just uh, seen over uh, the weekend is evil and crazy. Those are the common denominators that they have is evil and crazy. And that that really doesn't speak to skin color at all, does it? No, not at all. But evil and crazy doesn't have a a skin color to point to. It can affect absolutely anyone. And let's hope that it's not something that is affecting you. Or will affect any of your loved ones. 
or anyone close to you because my, 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 my friends and fellow Americans, we cannot allow the progressive liberals to control this narrative because if they do, we'll always look at circumstances that involves a shooter, especially if they're white, will always or they want to program us to believe that that will and has been due to white supremacists who are trying to kill off people of color. I'm reminded, and I, I, I spoke about this yesterday in my Facebook post. There was a shooter back in 1966, University of Texas, Tower. He was called the Tower Shooter, University of Texas Tower Shooter. His name was Charles Joseph Whitman. Uh, he was absolutely infamous as far as his shooting was concerned. What Charles Whitman did was climb up into the tower. Have you ever been to the University of Texas? There's a tower there, iconic now. And he fatally shot three people uh, inside the university tower. He then went to the tower's 28th floor, uh, which is the observation deck, where he fired at random uh, for some 96 minutes. Yeah, 96 minutes. He had people pinned down and he killed an additional 11 people once he got up there, uh, including an unborn child and wounding 31 others before he was shot dead by the Austin police. And hey, Austin was a different place at that time. Now, Austin, it's great. Austin's a great place to visit. No question about it. But Austin was a different place at that time. It was going through a transformation, but it was a different place at that time. And you didn't have, um, you know, so much the land of um, fruits and nuts that you have there now. <laughs> Even though, like I said, it's a great place. Great place to visit. Austin, Texas is a fantastic place to visit the capital of Texas. But, uh, hey, talk about turning Texas blue. Austin is definitely a blue. It's not uh, like it was back in the days of, um, you know, the um, picnics that were going on that Willie and, and Waylon and the boys were putting on back then. It's just it's just what just not that anymore. Whitman killed a total of 17 people. Was he called a white supremacist shooter back then? No, he was not. He was called crazy. Why? Because the people that he was picking off certainly were not black folks or Mexicans. They were Americans being shot dead by someone who was crazy. And so it was with the D.C. sniper. The sniper uh, did not go out just to shoot white folks. No, he did not. The D.C. sniper, John Muhammad, he shot people just like Charles Whitman did in Texas a generation before him. 
He was shooting people at random. And folks, let me tell you that that reeks of evil and crazy. It's not racist at all. It's evil and crazy. But all I'm bringing this up for and all I'm saying this for is so that we are not duped and brought into the idea that somehow these nutty shooters who are writing manifest manifestos are these white supremacists. They're not. They're crazy. What what America needs, you want to really know what, what America needs? It, we need Jesus. Ah, oh, right now. America needs Jesus. It needs to be saved from itself. And certainly from the evil of progressive socialism. Communism in this country that wants to rule out and wipe out erase from our national consciousness the idea that we were founded on Judeo-Christian ethics and principles. That is what socialism, communism, and progressivism is designed to do in this nation. And that is to eliminate from our minds the ideas of how we were founded. Question I also ask in that Facebook post on yesterday that got incredible response was this. Now, I know that a lot of times you have heard uh, from various pulpits, maybe even your own pastor and so forth, uh, that God doesn't see color. Yes, he does. He created it. He created people with different uh, skin tones and people uh, from different uh, places. In fact, Scripture tells us in uh, Acts seventeen twenty six around there around uh, th- that uh, portion of Scripture, New Testament Scripture, is that from one blood, God created all of uh, the various people to live on this earth, and He determined. The bounds of their habitation when he created us. Now, surely we have ventured far from uh, maybe our original, uh, you know, uh, origin as far as our ethnicities are concerned, where we came from. But but the fact of the matter is, here in 2020, 2019 America, uh, we are, in fact, somehow still victims of ancient tribalism. Yeah, we're, we're still victims of the ancient tribalism that once was a way for us to actually survive. You held on close. You held on fast through the tribe. But now in a diverse world that we live in, that poisoning happens primarily through our ancient tribal insecurities. 
And the best way to identify with certain tribes is through skin color, but it still doesn't work. I don't care how you cut the cake, because even if you are in Africa, you may be the same color, but if you're in the wrong tribe, you still having to defend your insecurities as maybe a lesser tribe. And yes, yes, yes. I know that some of the progressives would like for you to believe that all societies and all cultures are created equal. No, they're not. No, they're not. Cultures have always been uh, subject to the progress of the ideas that they are able to push forward that bring them into a place or position of strength. If you come from a culture that is um, closed or from a culture that doesn't care about anything but what goes on within your culture, you, my friends, will in fact experience Uh, lack of expansion. In other words, you dwarf yourself by simply being a closed culture. And thus, other cultures that are more expansive and adventurous seem to gain more strength and more power. Thus, creating what some would call inequities in various cultures around the world. And it leads to an idea of somehow some cultures being more privileged than others. No, the work was put in by somebody before the culture became great. Now, you hear me say daily that we live in America, the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known. And included in that is the fact that our American culture has loaned itself to ideals and principles that have raised every ship, every citizen that is American in this country. A objectively poor person in America is far better off than an abject poor person in India or Africa or anywhere else on the planet. Poor black folks in Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana are much better off than poor folks, poor white folks in England. Are you hearing me? Are you getting what I'm saying? I'm going to continue with this particular approach to our conversation today when I return with more of the C.L. Bryant Show. Follow me on Twitter at Rev, R-E-V, C.L. Bryant. Be sure to watch that real talk uh, clip that uh, FreedomWorks and I have just put out. I'll be back after these words.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL back with you on this great day in the USA, emanating from within the borders of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to say this to you. I want to continue with a case I was building about culture and cultures in our world. Many would like to have you believe that all cultures should be and are equal. They are not. There is a reason why America is exceptional, and that is because we have been brave enough to be bold. We have been the one of the boldest nations on the face of the planet. I hearken back to a statement that um, John F. Kennedy made back in 1963, and it was a dream. It was a vision that was realized before the decade of the 60s was over. It is a vision. It is. It was a statement that gave all of the world an idea of why America is an exceptional nation. Not that there were not other countries who had ideas or wanted to try to do what America did, and that was land a man on the moon. What Kennedy said and the way he said it was this. We choose to go to the moon, not because it is easy, but because it is hard. Americans have always done the hard things. Yeah, we've always done the hard things, and we have by and large been successful at achieving them. We landed a man on the moon and we returned that those men safely back to the earth. And because we were successful, the uh, of landing Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin on the moon, the words, the first words spoken by a human being, as far as we know, on the face of the moon were these words. This is one small step for man. But one giant leap for mankind, it is because of America 
that the giant leaps for mankind have been continuing to happen. And it is because of the great experiment that is America that so many technological advances have, in fact, been realized in our world. It's because of America. We are an exceptional nation. There is no question about it. And why is it that we are trying to breed that out of our young people? Why is it that we're trying to have our borders overrun by people who do not have our best interest at heart? We don't necessarily want to keep them out because they are people from other countries. We don't want them here because they do not have the same type of American values that is necessary to assimilate into a nation like ours is. And folks, if you don't have the mindset to be an American, then you will not, in fact, want to preserve the ideals that have made all of us who are Americans the greatest nation on the face of the planet and the exceptional citizens of the world, uh, not of the world, but of American America that we have become. Whoever comes here must have the mindset that I want to be like them. I want that. And I want to promote that, not bring to this country uh, the, the ideals and tenets of the place, the failed places that you have come from. No, bring you and when you bring you, you bring that with you. But the idea of bringing you to America has to have incorporated in it that, yes, you want to be something new. You want to be an American, forgetting those things that are behind you and pressing forward to a higher calling in a higher cultured country than the one you came from, the greatest nation on the face of the planet. You come here wanting uh, to aspire to be an American. Are you hearing me? That is what assimilation is all about. You wanting to be an American, wherever you're coming from. But by all means, we have to make certain that whoever it is, they come to this nation wanting to do it legally. And so that's where we are with this conversation. And that's where we have to be now when we think about folks coming into this nation. Otherwise, we're going to let progressive liberals dictate uh, the conversation and we're going to allow them to dominate the conversation and the political landscape for our young people in the future. Now, now, uh, I had a, a real talk clip on my uh, Twitter feed, and you need to know about it. It, it uh, was dealing with Elijah Cummins. And I asked this question last week. I'm asking this question again today because uh, you can you can smooth believe that uh, they're going to be relentless. I'm glad they're I'm glad the progressive liberals are being so relentless over a wasted topic. But they're going to be relentless. 
And if you're not uh, aware, if you're not educated, if you don't arm yourself with some with certain truths, you'll begin to believe that somehow Elijah Cummings, uh, Nancy Pelosi, uh, Chuck Schumer, Ocasio-Cortez, they presented in such a, 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 a tactful way and a tenacious, such a tenacious way that you'll believe that, hey, they've got to be right. Right. That's what, that's what you'll believe if you don't listen to alternative methods of gathering your information. And that's why shows like mine, uh, David Webb, Will Cow, and Jonathan T. Gillum, Sean Hannity, uh, that's why we exist, is to bring you the news fair and, and, and to bring it in a balanced way. But now, this is, this is what I want to ask you. This is what I want to ask you, America. Have we come to a point... In this country, where we walk on eggshells so lightly and we have become so wimpish. And, and, and hey, listen, again, talking to, 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 to black, red, yellow, black and white, but particularly to white folks at this point in time right now. Have you become so politically correct? And so sold uh, to an idea that you in 2019 America headed for the 2020 presidential race in America, that you have become so sheepish that the tool of white guilt can be used as a hammer to just back you down. Because that, that's what I'm seeing happening to you. What's, what's happened to you? I'm not saying that, uh, uh, you, that there should be any white supremacist, uh, anything coming. But wh- why are you so cowed down? Can we, talk, can we have some real talk here? Your own, your own counterparts who are white progressive liberals... Have you cowed down and trying to make you believe that somehow the color of your skin is the evil in this world? It's not. They have actually bought into, they are actually using the Louis Farrakhan method of attacking white folks. White progressive liberals are using this method on you in ways that I never thought you would bend to. Now, hey, full disclosure, I am a black conservative who votes most of the time Republican. And I realize that if this came out of Scott Adams' mouth or if this came out of uh, Adam Brand's mouth or if your face was white saying what I'm saying, yeah, you can very well get ready for them to come after you full bore, head on, uh, train coming down the track with you tied to it. You're a racist. And you better be glad that they have just played that card and played that card and played that card to a point where guess what it really doesn't mean anything anymore does it I'm so glad that they have overplayed that hand and that's what they're doing they're playing that hand 
to the hilt and they're playing that hand in a way that it will become absolutely a useless hand to them in the 2020 election. Why? Because AOC, Ocasio-Cortez, yeah, Presley, Omar, and Tlaib have absolutely worn it out. And you know what? When I go back and I look at uh, the the uh, debates that uh, were held last week, when I go back and, 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 and look at those, I ask a question to Jonathan T. And, he, you know, he brought out something that uh, I really want to uh, um, reiterate. I ask him the question, was Joe Biden done? Could, could we stick a fork in him? Is, he, is it over, over for Joe? And, you know, Jonathan T. said something that I really want us to uh, acknowledge and uh, for us to uh, uh, consider. As far as Pelosi and Schumer and the establishment Democrats are concerned, and there are many more of them than there are the radicals in the Democrat Party. And that's not saying a whole bunch. Because Nancy uh, Pelosi has proven uh, that she's willing to sell her soul and Chuck Schumer the same way. And even Joe Biden in some of his statements, uh, as far as, yeah, coal has to go, we have to phase it out. He was saying that in order <laughs> to stay relevant in the conversation on the stage during the debate. So we know that all of them are willing to sell their souls, including Joe Biden, who should know better being 75 years of age. He should know better. But he, he, he's willing to sell his soul. So I asked the question to Jonathan T. about Biden. Was he done? Could we just go ahead and stick a fork in him because they're going to cast him aside? Jonathan said that, uh, no, you can't count Joe Biden out because Joe Biden uh, is still the favorite. He's the choice of the establishment. He would be the choice of the establishment. The rest of them, uh, for whatever reason uh, you want to name, and there's many that you could name, many that I could just rattle off right now. And all of them are contained in the ideas of their progressive socialist and communist. They're all contained in those ideas. But 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 this is the thing here, folks. This is the thing right here. Joe is going to if he gets the nomination. Well, he's going to do like Bill Clinton did. He's going to run for the middle. He's going to run directly for the middle in order to recapture that working class and uh, those who are not absolutely uh, tinfoil, uh, so, you know, the progressive liberals, uh, the Ocasio-Cortez uh, slant, the, the Presleys and the Omars, the Talibs. He's going to run toward the middle. And I would not be surprised if uh, they just try and beat, beat uh, the snot out of him for doing it. But he's going to do whatever is necessary to do to get that nomination because the um, uh, establishment arm of the progressive liberal Democrat Party now, they want him. They want Joe. But the young people who are coming in, like, uh, you know, Cortez and Omar, they have no use for Joe. As far as they're concerned, it's over. 
for him. His day has come and gone. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. Because as I was saying, as I was asking to you, asking you the question in the top of this segment, have we come to a place in America where you have congressmen like Elijah Cummings, who is immune to doing a lousy job for over 20 years. Call, he gets called out on it. And because his skin is black, he gets a pass for doing a lousy job for his constituents over a 20 year period of time. Will he be primaried by somebody who know that a better job can be done? I think he should be. But the card has been played of race when the president uh, echoes the same sentiments that Elijah Cummings had about his own uh, community in Baltimore when he said that there was great violence, there was rats everywhere. When the mayor of Baltimore said there was violence and rats everywhere, she could smell uh, the rotting corpses of dead animals there in in some of the streets of Baltimore. Uh, Does the color of skin actually give a fake pass to conversations that should be barred or talked about? I mean a fake pass. I know you've heard of fake news. This skin color pass to talk about certain things is a fake pass. Because all of us have the freedom of movement and speech. Given to us divinely by our creator here in this nation. And I'm going to close the show by speaking to us about that sometimes unknown God that all of us, the apostle Paul was telling the people there on Mars Hill, they should get to know. That's the one I want to talk to you about. He is a God of space and time and substance space, time and substance. And you better believe he figures very prominently into this race conversation that we are having right now. He fits very prominently into it right now, especially when we talk about border control, when we talk about uh, what's going on in Baltimore, we talk about reparations for slaves that were brought here, kidnapped and brought here against their will. We talk about Acts 1726. We're talking most prominently, most certainly about that unknown God that that the Apostle Paul wanted to point out to uh, the people on Mars Hill, the God of space, time and substance, an unknown God to far too many people. I want to close the show talking to you about that one, because everything else that we're talking about today revolves 
and centers around the one who gave us the great American endowment, the creator, God. I'll be back. Don't go anywhere. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die for. So you sacrificed. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. CL back with you coast to coast, border to border throughout the uh, greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. Yeah, folks, when I left you and I welcome back to the home stretch of the CL Bryant show uh, today, it is one that I certainly hope you take to heart and one that I hope you take with you the rest of the week. I will be uh, traveling in the last part of the week. In fact, uh, beginning Wednesday, I'll be traveling. Well, of course, we'll be on daily, daily right here over Red State, but I'll be traveling uh, the rest of the week, headed up to Tulsa uh, to talk to some of our best friends uh, up there, good friends up there, and then the following uh, weeks, I'll be in South Carolina and in Texas. Uh, As we head toward 2020, things are going to heat up as far as my travel schedule is concerned, but I certainly want you to be tuned to the C.L. Bryan show on a daily basis. Tell a friend uh, to download free the C.L. Bryan show app, the T-H-E C.L. Bryan show app onto their favorite device and listen to the show wherever you go. 12.05 in the east until 2 p.m. every day. Now, uh, I was saying to you when I left that all of the things that we are experiencing here today, regardless of wherever uh, you are, all, all in, in America or in the world, all of the things that we are experiencing here today deals with space, time, and substance. Are you hearing me? It deals with space, time, and substance. Even the race issue that is uh, weighing in so prominently into our uh, discussions here in America today uh, deal with space, time and substance. Uh, I'd rather be black in America than anywhere else in the world. That's the space that I inhabit. The space that I inhabit is... America, huh? And I'm living in the time 
that my creator has given exclusively to me here in America at this moment. And I am able to enjoy because of a nation that I am a citizen of. I'm able to enjoy the substance that is here, the bounties, the fruit of the fruited plains. I'm able to enjoy that here in America. Are you hearing me, friends? And regardless of whatever color you are, I am saying to you that you have an opportunity, whatever your ethnicity is. I don't care what what flag your ancestors waved. If you are a citizen of this country right now, I am saying to you, you have better opportunity here than you do anywhere else on the globe, whoever you are. And you ought to thank God That for whatever reason, your ancestors got on a boat or swam, whatever, (laughs) and got to this country. Even if you are a part of an indigenous people who were here when the Europeans arrived. Oh, I know that uh, the Native American may very well have one of the biggest beefs that anyone could possibly have in America. But... You do enjoy, in so many cases, the advantages of being a part of a nation that is absolutely prosperous. I visit reservations. I have seen the atrocities on reservations. Uh, some of them are, yes, a part, and uh, because of broken treaties, broken promises. But as I, you've heard me say uh, throughout my tenure, both as uh, even when I was a liberal, Back 30 years ago, and certainly you hear me say this on the speaking circuit, the history of mankind is a story of human pain and tragedy. It's a saga, no doubt, of human pain and tragedy. That is the story of mankind. And so, my friends, uh, I'm glad that my journey... And even you, whoever you are, should be glad that your journey is happening here instead of somewhere else. And so when we think about this God of space, time and substance, uh, there is a portion of scripture. Acts 26, that does tell us that uh, this creator, that Jefferson refers to in our founding document, the Declaration of Independence, this uh, creator, God, who gives to us unequivocally to each measure, to a man, every man, every woman, every boy, every girl in this country, you have what was described by Jefferson, even though there was an institution in this country at the time called slavery. Everyone who would eventually become citizens of this land and free in this country had designated to them by the very words that were being penned at the declaration of our founding moments of this country. And an endowment, an unalienable 
endowment. And among the unalienable principles of the endowment to citizens of America were the abilities to live your life, to experience with your life liberty, and with that liberty pursue the things that make you happy. Are you hearing me? Every one of us, even though your ancestors may have been slaves at the time of the pinning of that document, they would eventually become free men and women in this country because of the pinning of that document. They would have become, they became free men, free women. Because that document was pinned. And even if just for the sake of rational argument, even if Jefferson did not have their faces in his mind when he wrote the words that we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. And among these is life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Even if he did not have my great grandfather's face, my grandfather's face, my father's face, my face. If he didn't have that in mind, when he penned those words, I can tell you this one thing. The day that he penned those words, he guaranteed that CL would be speaking to a free America as a free man, even though my great grandfather paid the price for it. But the fact of the matter is all of our great grandfathers who came to these shores yeah, paid the price. I'm eight generations here. And I know that there are some first generation Americans who have come here uh, from places like Vietnam, Nigeria, yeah, Haiti, Moscow, uh, Russia, Mexico. There are some who want to come here legally from Greece. Germany, they come here, as I just told you, I'm eighth generation here in America. We can trace uh, our, our steps and, and our, our jumping off here in America back to right after the signing of that Declaration of Independence around 1778. Yeah, eight generations been right here. My family has been right here. The black and the white that I share in my blood have been right here. How is it possible that this endowment can mean less to some people like me who have been here for that long, for eight generations? And someone who comes here just fresh off the boat understands more about the opportunity that America offers its citizens than someone who is eight generations here in America. 
There has to be a certain mindset that has been sold and bought into by folks who have been here that long, especially if your skin happens to be black, has to be that of color in this country. And you somehow do not think that America is a great place. How is it possible, even if you just got off the boat and are a first generation American like uh, Tlaib and, and, and Omar? Well, not not Tlaib, but Omar. Omar, who has come from Mogadishu, Somalia, and has experienced the benefits of being an American. How is it possible that you get elected to the greatest body of legislation in the world? Allows you your religious freedom, regardless of what it is. How is it possible that you can even fix your mouth, your tongue to say anything that would be derogatory or bad about the nation that gives you the right to speak it when you know you would not be able to speak out against the Somali government in the way that you speak against the American government. How is it possible that you can be such a hypocrite? Wake up, America. Wake up and understand that there are certain things that they would want to take away from you that you cannot allow them to take away. And when I talk about them, I am talking about the progressive liberals who would like to take away the great endowment that is given to you by that God of space, time and substance. I'm glad that it has been determined by the creator that my ancestors would come here. Many of them in the hulls of slave ships Many of them came here as indentured servants. They Scots-Irish, part of me. Humble beginnings on in whatever way you trace my bloodline in this country. I'm glad that he gave us this space in America. I'm glad that he has given me this time in America on my human and earthly journey. And I'm glad that he has allowed me to see that the opportunities of enjoying the substance of the fruited plains of this great land are available for even the great grandson of former slaves in America. That God of space, time and substance has allowed us to flourish. E pluribus unum as Americans. And I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. And I want to thank him for this great day in America. And until I'm able to talk to you again, may God bless and keep you all. Tired of the red team, blue team melodrama? How would you like to see liberty as the winning side? Welcome to the Loving Liberty Radio Network.